Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Hi. Welcome back to the cottage. We're continuing our series on Jesus walking in the water and we move toward Matthew's account with Peter walking on the water. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your house, that you command us, you bid us, you call us, and here we are. And we respond to that command to come. And here we are and you say no to no one. And so we have responded and we do definitely want your presence to do what it does best to rightly align us and that we are made perfect by you. Thank you, Father, for bringing us together here in this place to experience all that you are as much as we can take. And it's for the hungry and the thirsty to partake the feast that you have for us. So help us to enjoy this feast right now that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I don't know what you thought. I asked Linda if she understood when she typed the bullet in the title. So I don't know if anybody else either saw what I had up here or, or understood it. But I thought it would be interesting. So here we go. So we're in Matthew chapter 14 today, verses 22 to, 20, to 33. And, uh, you know, we got Peter on the water today. So we've been talking about walking on the water. You have the disciples out there and they are in a mess just like the skipper was. And uh, Peter doesn't quite, I guess, I don't know if he walked on water, if he skipped, you know, he kind of, whatever. But we're going to discuss that a little bit today. So I thought I'd have some fun with talking about this whole experience. So let's go there. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Now remember, we've already visited this. We've been in John 6. We've been in Mark 6. So much of this should be familiar to you. If you're not able to, we have messages online. You can keep up with this. And again, it begins where we left off in Sunday school. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. So he constrained them. He commands them. He tells them. And, of course, Peter later on is going to ask God to command him. So Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent away the multitudes. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. We discussed that when we were in John chapter 6. And when evening was come, he was there alone. So he's there alone. All the people, everything is gone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves. So we, we dealt with that again in John 6 and in Mark 6. For the wind was contrary, and in the fourth watch of the night, it's always darkest before dawn, in the last part of the night, in the last part of the night, 
Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And we just did that in Sunday school. So if you missed that, take someone out to eat who was here and they can explain this to you about this Jesus coming to them. And we did last Sunday night how he came to them. Okay, Jesus came to them. Who is Jesus coming? Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. We've been talking about that in all of our messages about what this troubling language is. Saying it is a spirit. Now the King James chooses to use the word spirit here. I would disagree. And I would agree with just about every other translation on the planet. It's ghost. They thought they saw a phantom. The Greek here is phantom. Okay, we'll get into that. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And that's exactly what we talked about. This verse for Sunday school. We talked about this. Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, thou, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. And this is exactly where we left off at Sunday school. That Jesus has commanded, if you are who you say you are, then command me to walk with thee on the water. Command me. Because you have a power and authority. Now that we know what they understood, Jesus said in that verse from Sunday school, that I am is here. That God, Yahweh, is here. The great I am is right here in your presence. You don't have to be afraid. I'm not a ghost. I'm not a phantom. Then command me to walk on the water. Because only you have the power. You know, Superman has lots of power, right? In the comic books, right? But can he make Lois Lane fly? No. He can grab her and he can get it fly, but he can't make her fly. These gods can all do some great mighty things, but can they give power to someone else to do what only God can do? Amen. Verse 29. And he said, come, I bid thee. Come, we're right where we left off in Sunday school. Come, and when Peter was come out down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And I told you, for years I heard this. My whole life, there's only one man that walked on water. I said, which Bible are you reading? Clean these glasses, because the Bible I read says there were two. Only one man walked on water. Wrong answer. Peter walks on the water. Isn't that exciting? God invites us into the power of God. He doesn't hold it all for himself. He shares it. But when he saw the wind boister, so again, we're back to the fear now. They were afraid. He's walking on the water. But when he saw the wind boister, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. We just read, sang that song. That when we need to be washed, Jesus is there to save us. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said to them, O thou of little faith, faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. The Son of God. There's lots of gods. There's lots of sons of gods in the Bible. But there's only one who is like you. 
Just like there's only one God the Father, there is only one God the Son. And you have just identified himself as being such and you put your money where your mouth is with a miracle because only God can walk on the sea. No one else could do that. In all the literature of the day, no one is walking on the water. No other gods walk on the water. They don't do that. Thus saith the Lord which maketh the way in the sea. Isaiah 43, 16. And a path in the mighty waters. Now we've been here. I, I did this when we did Mark 6. But here they are again. Who is it that Jesus has just claimed that he is? He's Yahweh. The I am. He says, here am I. Right here. Why are you afraid I'm here? Who is it? Only Yahweh, which maketh the way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. They know this. They're tying the readers that read Matthew. Matthew is very much a Jew writing with Jewish interest. Going back to Isaiah 43, 16, that only God can do this. Only Yahweh. And Jesus is making a way. Not for Yahweh, but for Peter. Are you with me? Not just God does these things. Peter has a way to do what God does. Are you seeing that? That he's making a way for you and I to participate in his power. Which alone spreadeth out, Job 9, 8. Which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea. When Job is having, and his friends are having this dialogue, and they're talking about Job, and they're talking about God, and Job's going through all this mess, and the disciples are scared. They got a hold of that boat. What is the discussion? Only God can tread upon the waves of the sea. Only God. We've been here. I just want to review some of this as we get into the message today. Because some of you are new to this series. You haven't been here. Job also says in verse 38, 16. Now this is God talking. God talking back to Job. Hey, Job, have you entered into the springs of the sea? Or have you, hast thou walked in the search of the depth? Job, have you done it? No. Only I can do it. And now Peter. Job, you're not there yet, but Peter gets to go where Job didn't get to go. Isn't that exciting to know what God is giving us? That we can walk where he walks. Because he makes a way. Even in the sea, the troubled waters. Psalm 77, verse 19. The way is in the sea and the path in the great waters and thy footsteps are not known. No one knows how to do this. But Peter says, hey, hello, we don't know. Psalm 77, we sing this, number 77, we sing this, and nobody knows how to do this but you. But hello, can I have this dance? Can I do this? And God says, come. Come. We went through all these verses. The first time we did this in Mark 6 was to let you know that it's God. Now we're doing it to let you know that God is letting Peter do this. Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3.15. Thou just walk through the sea with thine horses, though the heap of great waters through them, no matter how big they are. You did this. When Pharaoh's army was drowned, you did this. Now it's not Pharaoh's army, it's a greater enemy that we talked about at Christmas and Easter. 
in our Christmas and Easter series who it is that he's battling here. The powers that we've been talking about. He's battling the powers. Not just Pharaoh, but he's battling. And he makes a way. Even when you have a heap of great waters, the King James puts it. Matthew 14, 28. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And we did this verse in Sunday school. But I want to again go to a scholar. You don't understand. We sometimes see the word if we're not getting it right. So I want to go to this scholar, Grant Osborne, who has translated it better. It's not if. Since you are Lord over creation. Since you just said, I am Yahweh, your creator. Since you just told us who you are, Jesus. Now you tell me to participate in your miraculous power. That's exactly what's going on here. He captures it really well. Not if, but since. Not if, but since. This is not Peter doubting. He has a moment of brilliance. He's allowed a little light from heaven to come inside. Later on, he's going to say, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of God on, on Mount Hermon. But here, it's a, it's a foretaste of what he's going to say later in Matthew 16. Since you are who you just said you claim to be, that you're Yahweh, tell me to participate in your miraculous power. In other words, God has put skin on. God has come and he put skin on. He's in the flesh. Peter's saying, now you did that. Now can you come inside this flesh? Can you do this? Can you put this skin on? Can you come inside? Can you? Can you? Hallelujah. Exodus 4.16. Exodus 4.16. I've told you this before. This is, remember, we've been at the burning bush throughout this whole series, going back between this story and Moses at the burning bush. We've been going back and forth, back and forth. And in Exodus 4, 16, this is what God tells Moses when Moses says, I can't do this. I'll get your brother Aaron to come and he will be your prophet. And he, Aaron, Exodus 4, 16, Aaron shall be your spokesman unto the people since you can't speak. And he shall be even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. What's he saying here? You say you have no mouth to speak to the people? I'll get your brother Aaron to do it for you. He'll be your mouth. So Aaron will be instead of your mouth, you'll have Aaron's mouth. And instead of I speaking to Aaron, I'm going to make you be like me. And you're going to tell Aaron what I would say. And you're going to be as God. You're going to be like me. That's a powerful statement. In the Hebrew, this is like, oh my goodness. It's a powerful statement. He's saying, I'm going to make you like me. And you're going to, he's going to, you're not my prophet. He's going to be your prophet. And I'm going to have you battle Pharaoh and all of his gods. And you're going to beat them. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the power to stand up against Pharaoh and all of his gods. I'm going to do that. Same thing happening here with Peter. Peter's tapping into this. He's understanding this. 
Now in Ezekiel 28, you're familiar with this. In Ezekiel 28, verses 14 and 15, this is where the prophet Ezekiel is giving us a vision of an earthly king who's got too big for his britches. And he compares him to someone else who was too big in his britches in Genesis 3. Talking about that serpent in Genesis 3. Ezekiel 28. I just want to pull out these two verses that talk about that serpent that we all know in Genesis 3. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. In other words, Satan was a loyal follower of Yahweh. One of Yahweh's chief bodyguards. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were, as also, I've showed you this verse in the previous verse. It said, you're in Eden. You were in Eden. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. You know what the iniquity was? The Jews have written about this. They wrote about this. In their writings, about the same time that we have our New Testament, they wrote their own writings. You know what they said? They said the reason why Satan rebelled in the Garden of Eden is because he did not want to serve Adam. That God was making earth to be earthling, to have the power of God. And one thing to serve Yahweh, but I ain't serving that mud. I ain't serving that dirt. Are you for real? You're going to take that dirt and make it. I'm not serving that. Matter of fact, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to mess everything up. That's what they said. That he refused to serve Adam. And because he said, no, as a matter of fact, I'm going to take over. I'm just going to, I'm going to take over. This is crazy. You don't do that. How God is going to go inside earth. How is that possible that God is going to put life in dirt and I'm going to serve that dirt? There's no way. I have served you for so long. You should give me power. You should let me rule this. Well, invertly, ironically, in a sense, Satan is the God of this world. He got what he wanted. I don't think he's going to like the end of the movie, though. (laughs) He got to be the God of this world. He deceived Adam and Eve. All because he didn't understand what God was doing. And the Jews are trying to describe this. That Satan refused to bow down to God's plan to use humans to represent him. Power. Go back to Mark. We've been in Mark 6. This is again the passage about Jesus walking on the water. Mark 6, 51. And he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed themselves beyond measured and wondered. What happened? As soon as he grabs Peter up out of the water and they sit down, the storm is over. And they're like, whoa, they're trying to put all this together and I'm wanting you to put all this together. Last time he's asleep, we woke him up. He's like, what's the problem? We're going to die. No, we're not. I said we're going to the other side. We got a bunch of demons. We're going to deal with legion on the other side. This Satan is trying to stir up the waters and make it a bumpy ride. God is planning on doing something great, but hey, let's send a pandemic to mess everything up because God's getting ready to do something. No, 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 no. We'll send a pandemic in there and mess everything up. Hey, God's getting ready to do something. 
We got a pandemic. We're shut up now with a pandemic. Are we amazed and wondering beyond measure what God's getting ready to do? He said in John 14, 12, that Jesus promised his disciples that through you, God is going to do greater works. How is that possible? Well, Peter walked on water. Wow, Peter. We know Peter. He's the guy who keeps screwing up. And he walked on water. And then we look in the mirror. What are you going to do with me, God? He's going to do something greater. John 14, 12. Let's go to Psalm 18, verses 15 and 16. These are the songs that they sing. You, we sang five, 361. They sing number 18. What do they sing when they sing number 18? Then the channels of waters were seen and the foundation of the word were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord. You rebuke. When you speak, boy, they behave. At the blast of thy breath and thy nostrils, he sent from above, he took me and he drew me out of many waters. What is Peter thinking of? What are they amazed? What are they going We sing this all the time. It just happened right here in front of us. Yahweh took me up out of many waters. We've been singing this how long? And today it just happened before our very eyes. Of course they're wondered and amazed. How about Psalm 144 verses 5 to 8? Psalm 144, another song out of the Hebrew hymnal. Number 144 this time. Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning and scatter them. It's probably a huge storm. Shoot out thine arrows and destroy them. Send thine hand from above. Rid me and deliver me out of great waters. He delivered Job out of the great waters. Some Hebrews understand Job died. He died in that belly of a well and brought him up and still got him to go preach to the Ninevites and they repented. When God wants a message to be delivered, he'll even raise you from the dead to do it. He'll raise you. Be careful, Ed. <laughs> Ed's already experienced it once. He says he nearly died and went to heaven. But God wasn't done with Ed yet. God was not done with Ed yet. So Ed's already experienced this. From the hand of strange children whose mouth speak of any, the right hand is the right hand of falsehood. But you reached down with the correct hand and you pulled me out. What they could not do, you did. How about Psalm 69? This is very powerful. Psalm 69. This is the 69th uh, number in their hymnal. Let's begin in verse 1 and 2. You should actually, this, this is actually, some scholars believe that this is actually what they were they were thinking of the whole time we're going through this. I'm just going to pick out a few verses, but you can take the whole Psalm 69 and map it over to what they're experiencing when Jesus is walking on the water. Save me, O God, for the waters are coming to my soul. He's, he's going to go into his soul. I sink deep in deep mire where there is no standing. I'm no longer standing. I'm coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. Just like Job, uh, Jonah who died. Now skip down to verses 14 and 15. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. Out of the deep waters. Deliver me. Psalm 144 again, verse 7. Send thine hand from above, rid me and deliver me out of great waters. 
for the hands of strange children? Psalm 65, 7. Psalm 65, 7. Which stilleth the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. He was just with a whole group of people. 5,000 men plus women and children. He fed them all, sent them away, and we have the noise of the seas and the noise of the waves. In Psalm 65, 7. Everything is happening in Matthew. You can follow in the Psalms. He's looking down at the songbook and telling you, wow, all this stuff happened to us. We sang about it and then we lived it. We saw it before our very eyes. Job 26, 11 and 12. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his repute. He divided the sea with his power and by his understanding he smited through the proud. Now, you don't quite catch this because of the King James decided to translate a couple things for you. I want to use the ESV here to pull it out. Using the ESV. We just did the King James. Now the ESV. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at his rebuke by his power. He still to see by his understanding he shattered Rahab. The name Rahab there is an ancient understanding of an ancient power in the seas that it's demonic. That's how they understood it. It's an ancient demonic and he is defeating the powers that are trying to stop him from getting to the other side. They're trying to stop him. It's not Rahab from Joshua chapter 2. That's a different Rahab. This is an ancient power that they all revered as a mighty foe in the sea. He goes on. Job 26, uh, 13 and 14. It's, it's better here in the ESV. By his hand, the heavens were made fair. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. He is making war and he pierced the fleeing serpent. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his way. This is just the beginning of what he's getting ready to do. And we covered what he was going to do in Easter. When he defeated the powers at Easter. And how a small whisper do we hear of him? We're only catching the beginnings of what God. We only catch the very beginnings of what God's doing. We only sing and know and understand a small itty bitty. But the thunder of his power, who can understand its way above us? Matter of fact, we just did that in Sunday school. They were so scared at Sinai, they could not experience any more of God. He just spoke 10 words and they said, enough. <laughs> and they hired the first pastor. Moses, you go talk to God and you come and tell what he said. We can't handle it. When God whispers, that's enough to blow us away. Man, if he would get going. What Jesus did in those three and a half years was nothing but what he wants to do through you and me. That's the power that he's channeling through us. We may have knee problems. We may have shoulder problems. We may have this problem and that problem. Whatever problem we got. But I tell you what, we got a power behind us that is so powerful of what he wants to do in our lives. Amen. We just can't see it. What he wants to do. The pandemic has shut everything out. We're closing churches left and right. Because the enemy is winning. Psalm 89. Verses 9 to 10. Thou rulest the raging of the sea when the waves thereof rise, thou stillest them. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces as one that is slain. Now 
The King James author decided not to translate Rahab, but actually transliterate and put the Hebrew in English letters. So they got it. They missed up. <laughs> so I used the ESV in the previous verse back in Job, but they got it right here in the psalm. It's Rahab. So I don't have to go to the ESV. Thou hast scattered thine enemies with a strong arm. The same enemy that beat all those powers plunges down into that water and pulls Peter up out of the miry cray. And that same hand is ready to reach down and pull us out of whatever we're going through. Power. Psalm 107. Psalm 107, he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still, and then they're glad because they be quiet. The sea is glad. They're like, you got rid of all these powers. Praise God, you got rid of all this filth inside of us. We don't want this junk inside of us. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Remember when we did John 6? This is Psalm 107. This is what they sing. What happened? We just read Matthew and, and Mark. Let's go back to John 6. Do you remember what happened? Then they really received him in the ship and immediately the ship was in the land whither they went. There it is right there. Exactly what John 6, 21 says had happened. They were singing about it in Psalm 107. Right there in John 6. As soon as they received Jesus in, the storm is over with and they were at the other side. Which tells us that this was something supernatural going on. This was not a normal storm that Peter and the boys would already know all the time. This is something happening, supernatural, preventing them. And there's something supernatural going on now with this pandemic and all that we're going through. We're getting a flood of things happening to us. A flood. We're wondering why. It's like, man, I don't remember. Everybody I talk to says, I don't remember things this bad. It wasn't like this before. It wasn't one thing after another, after another, because it's trying to stop us, because we're getting closer. This is right there. As soon as he got in the boat, the S-O-N was shining, and the S-U-N came up out, and bam, we're there. Do you understand? It was darkest before the dawn. We're getting ready to hit something. Something's getting ready to take place. So much of the powers are struggling to fight against and destroy the church. Because they know something's coming. And they're putting up their best fight. And the question is, we might stumble. We might fall. We might be weak. But if we just cry out, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. He will. Reach down with that same hand and pluck us out of the miry clay. Amazing. This happened. Remember Jesus said? The Pharisees said, I want a sign. We want a sign that you are who you say you are. We want a sign. I only give you one sign, Jonah. Well, here's what happened to Jonah. So they took up Jonah, they cast him into the sea, and the sea ceased from raging. As soon as Jonah's body went in the sea, it was calm. As soon as Jesus came in to the boat, reversing what happened to Jonah. Reversal. Reversing what happened to Jonah. 
it became calm. I'm not Jonah. <laughs> I ain't sin and I'm not rebelling against God. And when you threw Jonah in, things got better because you took the problem. Now, Peter, I got you. I'm catching you. And when you and I, Peter, when we get in the boat, it was over. And they were at the other side. Isn't that powerful? To know that God is with us. Emmanuel. So powerful. And he is catching you. And he's catching me. He's catching my family on the other side of the world. We don't have to worry. What we have to do is cling tighter to him. I hope you're beginning to see. You're beginning to see that God is getting ready to break loose. It's tough. It's hard. Even for Ed. Ed's like, I just want to go on the other side. When he gets there, it's going to be wonderful. He's like, I know it's going to be wonderful. But he doesn't want the storm. <laughs> How many of you just would rather, you know, I, I would go to that program or I would do that, but I don't want to drive two hours to get there. Ed's like, I don't want to do this drive. I just want to get there. We don't want to go through to get to where God wants to take us. I understand. I don't want to go through all this. But it's what God wanted so that this could all happen according to his plan. And remember, it always gets darkest. The darkest hour. Darkest before the dawn. But that's when the enemy is fighting the hardest because they know it's over. And they ain't got nothing left. And they're throwing their last jabs in that they can. And understand that God has got you. So much so that he wants to do with you great things. So the next time someone tells you only one man walked on water, says, <clears throat> no, that's not true. That is not true. And understand the possibilities of what God has for us. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Yes, Peter stumbled. When he began to see all the stuff that was going on around him, he began to stumble. And we too stumble, but we just reach up and a hand to heaven and say, Lord, save us. Save us, Father. Help us to feel your presence in our present darkness to get us through to what you have next for us until you decide to either split that eastern sky open or you take us home. We just thank you and praise you that you are not just God on your throne, but you are God on the throne that empowers us to be able to be godly and experience the things of God here upon the earth just as it is in heaven. Thank you for this wonderful picture. Help us to keep our eyes on you in all things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.